We come here tonight to sacrifice the body of... What's your name again, Tiffany? <laughs> My name is Jennifer. Super. We come here tonight to sacrifice the body of Jennifer from Devil's Kettle. <laughs> please, please. Please, please, don't do this. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Do you know how hard it is to make it as an indie band these days? There's so many of us, and we're all so cute, and it's like if you don't get on Letterman or some retarded soundtrack, you're screwed, okay? Satan is our only hope. We're in league with the beast now, and we have to make a really big impression on him. And to do that, we're going to have to butcher you and bleach you. And then Dirk here is going to wear your face. Relax, I'm kidding about the face. The rest is going to happen, though. But you know what? Maybe we'll write a song about you. I think as a fan, that'd be pretty cool, right? <clears throat> With the deepest malice, we deliver this virgin unto thee. Dude, that is a hot murder weapon. It's Bowie knife. Bowie. Nice. All right, here we go. It's going to be gnarly. No, please, please. No, please, Wait a second. God. I just thought of something. Jenny, Jenny, you're the girl for me. Now, you don't know me, but you make me so happy. I tried to call you before, but I lost my nerve. I used my imagination, but I was disturbed. Jenny, I've got your number. I need to make you mine. Jenny, don't change your number. Psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! I am the eater of wood. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another horrific installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 38, Jennifer's Body. All right. And so we march on with our greatest October in the history of forever. This is one of our uh, part two of a five-part series for this month yeah five weeks in october right (laughs) 
You're really struggling with a... Yeah. <laughs> an early autumn cold. Yes, it sucks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of our favorite movies, I would say. Without a doubt. Uh, um, <clears throat> this might be the first episode where, you know, I just have a complete breakdown on the recording. Yeah. As I rail against... I mean, I've seen it many times, but yeah, it hasn't happened quite... <laughs> As I just on the vehemently defend this movie, Diablo Cody, Megan Fox, Karen Kusama, any, anything involved with it. It's misunderstood. It's a criminally underrated and underappreciated film. But anyway, let's get the uh, whatever it is that we call it out of the way. <laughs> Relax. At the top. Yeah, so, you know, we've... Recently, I think we've been getting a few new listeners here and there. I think, you know... Like, literally a few. <laughs> the onus is on you to spread the word of the show. Please, <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs> We're begging you. <laughs> tell a friend. <laughs> Tweet about it. I get a laugh to our cough like really bad. Please subscribe. Um, yeah, follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Check out all of our old episodes, not just the most recent 20, on greatestmoments.podbean.com. You can find all of them there. You can subscribe on iTunes, just like a real podcast. Right. right? A real one. Yes. <laughs> and you can rate and review and do all that, too. Uh, tweet at us and let us know what you think of the show. Yeah. Any suggestions? I mean, God. Let's get a dialogue going. I'd be over the moon if we got a tweet from somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, let's talk about Jennifer's body. She can fly. She's just hovering. It's not that impressive. God, do you have to undermine everything that I do? You are such a player hater. You're a jerk. Wow, nice insult, Hannah Montana. You got any more harsh digs? You know what? You are never a good friend. Even when we were little, you used to steal my toys and pour lemonade on my bed. And now I'm eating your boyfriend. See? At least I'm consistent. Why do you need him? Huh? You could have anybody that you want, Jennifer. So, why Chip? Is it just to tick me off? Or is it because you're just really insecure? <sighs> I am not insecure, needy. God, that's a joke. How could I ever be insecure? I was the snowflake queen. Yeah. Two years ago, when you were socially relevant. I am still socially relevant. And when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. I am going to eat your soul and shit it out, West Mickey! Thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. Okay, so for me, this movie is an A. An A+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, we watch it every year. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. <It's laughs> Letting the cat much. out of the bag right away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know where you want to start with this. we got a lot of different paths we can go down here. All right, let's start from the beginning. 2009, this movie comes out. Right. I saw it in the theater opening Friday. Friday, like, first, basically, like, the first screening. Oh, yeah. Maybe not the very first. I don't know, but it was early. 
And my anticipation level An extra was extra large Dr. Pepper in hand. <laughs> and it did not disappoint. It lived up to the, the anticipation. Saw it again opening weekend. Well, why don't you explain your like backstory and knowledge of the movie like going into it? Well, you know, a friend of mine told me about it. It dawned on me that I had heard about this um, from... Producer Jason Reitman, who had directed Juno, amongst a couple other movies at that point, and uh, you know he mentioned Diablo Cody wrote it, and Megan Fox was starring in it, and it was like kind of like a horror movie. But I mean, to be honest, I I never really was expecting it to be like a scary horror movie or something. Right. I mean, the, the, I think the trailers pretty much yeah. gave that away. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Do you think the trailers gave it away that it wasn't a horror movie? Uh, I remember like the trailers being just kind of like a lot of shots of Megan Fox. I mean, granted, I'm talking about like the, the 30 second spots like on TV leading up to its release. Cause it, See, yeah, I don't know if I ever saw. Those. I don't. I didn't know about Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman being involved with this. I so. Like leading up into, I was like not really that stoked about it. Like the trailers was it was like a lot of like. Uh, shots of Megan Fox like coming out of the water or like you would see like kind of like when her face is all like demonic and like mouth opening like towards the screen. Right. It was like shots like right. that. Um, and yeah, I was like, I don't, eh, I, I don't know. But then, you know, I shortly after this movie met you who quickly <laughs> was like, you know, dude, you got to see Jennifer's body. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So the critic response, not great. Uh, right off the right off the bat, um, you know, it, it, I think currently it's like down in like the uh, 40s. low forties percent, which isn't like terrible, but it isn't great. If it was like a normal horror movie, I'd be like, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, and it didn't do super well at the box office, especially opening weekend where it kind of tanked and fell apart. But I mean, I think over and over again. You know, in terms of because I, you know, to this day, it seems to be a movie that gets panned a lot by people online. Um, some of whom have seen it, and some I don't think have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know one of the things I see over and over again is that the movie isn't scary and it doesn't have scares in it. I I don't know how to answer people like that. I I just don't see it as supposed to have no well yeah when you watch it to me when you watch it you realize that it's because i definitely fell into a marketing trap that this was like a horror movie and i thought it looked like a shitty horror movie but when you watch it you can tell that it's way more of a comedy with horror elements yeah yeah i mean anything that's a little bit nuanced i think for whatever people you know who consider themselves movie buffs you know ourselves included yeah uh for even them who you expect a certain amount of awareness yeah like a certain amount of like ability to distinguish between different things and understand these nuances they don't they can't grasp things that are like slightly different from their expectations it's like right you know sorry this movie wasn't what you had in your head that it should be, I'm not but it's something completely different. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's really, a, you know, a movie about friendship and relationships. Yeah. 
um, and kind of, you know, a very specific kind. And we'll get into that, you know, as we go. But like, I don't really think it just has a very bizarre horror element in it. And I think people, when that's included, they just assume like, well, this is a horror movie. It's supposed to be scary. I don't know. I never really felt that way. Oh, and I mean the the dialogue and the jokes very similar to uh, Heather's. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Um, <clears throat> it's very bizarre to me too when people act like it's they don't want to, you know, give any credit to this movie for being funny. Where, in my opinion, it's the exact same writing style as. Uh, Diablo Cody used in Juno. Yeah, and, and then later Young just, Adult. <laughs> well, I think, you know, maybe Young young Adult's a little different, but, yeah. like, it's yeah. kind of the same, like, goofy puns. Right, and, right. Like, word the wordplay humor, yeah. And, I mean, if anything, if, if I saw a lot of critiques that were like, well, you know, Diablo Cody obviously didn't uh, grow as a writer and is, you know, just... Re- using the same kind of material and that kind of stuff like that would be one thing but it's like people don't even recognize that she had just won an academy award a motherfucking academy award yeah i mean maybe like two years earlier doing the same shit right yeah maybe if they were uh criticizing it being like it's clear that this uh screenwriter hates men (laughs) (laughs) oh boy i'm kidding um diablo cody's an angel yeah i mean uh i i don't know it it, it's kind of pointless because i don't think like anybody who you know, really hates the movie is going to listen to this and then suddenly have their eyes open. But I just think, you know, and obviously there was a big Megan Fox backlash. Yes. Which this is the peak of the Megan Fox hate. Well, yeah, but it, oddly enough, it still kind of continues in online, you know, movie fandom circles, despite the fact that she has pretty much the most unassuming career I could ever imagine right. for anybody. Yeah. She rarely is in anything. Right. Um, she doesn't have much of a public persona. Outside of those first two uh, Transformers movies, it's not like she's been in like major blockbuster movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, she's in the Ninja Turtles. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is she was in, uh, yeah, um, what's-his-face's movie? And, you know, it's just like... Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You said this is 40, right? Oh yeah, uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah, Judd Apatow's movie. Right. Uh, you know, she did her little stint on uh, New Girl on Fox, and I guess yeah. she's going to be coming I mean, come back on. to that at some point. Yeah. But like, I don't. I these people have like this very negative opinion of her. I don't really know where that comes from, because I don't really. As I told you before, I had never seen any of the Transformer movies. Still have not. Will never have zero interest in them people just have and, never been able to get past that brian austin green thing <laughs> they're like are you kidding me well here's the thing and i think it comes and this is this is something that is like when you when you strip it down to what it basically is it's it's almost like the same thing as like hating someone because they're a woman or hating them because they're black or right. whatever i think her face is too pretty I don't think people see that face and think she's a serious actress. She could never be a serious actress. And you know what? I don't really think that she is, but I, uh, at the same time, I don't really know why she has to be. I don't know why that really matters to people, but I think they see don't know. her and- looks and they're just like, well, she's a terrible actress and she must be 
super shallow. I think they're just it's very, she has that face where you're like she must have been a mean girl in high school. Yeah, I don't know how many times we have to go over this, but it's like so fucking bizarre to me that it's just like there's just herds of people taking to the internet to still trash like okay, like oh maybe they're still trashing Megan Fox, but it's like seven years later they just like have to get out and be like Jennifer's body fucking stinks, and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a lot of hate towards this movie. I definitely think more more men hate it than anything. Um, Ugh, despicable. But you know, you know, not to be too much of a sexist, I guess. But I think like men tend to be nerdier and write about movies and care about movies more. And so, like, I don't know if there's yeah as many females out there. By the way, not a knock, ladies. He's calling men losers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) two nerds right here doing a podcast. Yes, totally. Yeah, because ultimately, I think this movie can strike a chord with some women who can see past kind of the allegory that they use as, you know, demonic transference and Megan Fox's character turning turning into a demon and they can kind of see the relationship between uh Jennifer who is Megan Fox and Needy Amanda Seyfried like that's the main story is this relationship how it's kind of a toxic best friend relationship that is probably very familiar to a lot of uh women um men too but I think men have a harder time seeing themselves in female characters than women probably do in seeing, you know, seeing themselves in male characters. So Basically, it's kind of like, you know, I think yeah. it's hard for men to see this movie and understand what it's really about. Rather Which than, is that all same sex friends deep down want to make out with each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, sometimes in movies you have to kind of push it to the most extreme version of it to get that point across. Right. You know, and I think the makeout scene between Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox probably, you know, is a lightning rod in this movie that causes a <sighs> lot of people, you know, to have a hard time with it. Um, yeah. I'm still having a hard time with it. But I think, okay, so let's talk about it. I think it's shot in a way, uh, there's a very, like, intense close-up of the of the two of their mouths yeah it's very it feels very like there's like a sensitivity to it or and something the, well there's a lot of like it's not like despite the fact that like it's it's right in your face it it doesn't feel like a porno kiss no no it's very like i guess sensual was more the word yeah like there's a de- there's like a uh yeah, like a sensitivity yeah, to it, like it, a like, uh, it, loving feeling. It does like express that feeling that like needy has. This is something that she's wanted. It it just it, you just feel that, right? I mean, yeah. And if you pick up uh, certain clues, I think along you know the movie up until that point, I think you can, you can reach that conclusion pretty easily that right. this is that she's you know ultimately in love with her friend. I don't think that that makes her. Uh, a lesbian i don't think either of them are like lesbians per se um i i think it's kind of common for people and especially like younger people in high school to have these kind of like intense feelings that they don't always know what to do with them so in this situation this like brief makeout session kind of you know overtakes the two of them ultimately you know needy kind of pulls away although you do wonder in the context of the movie if she would pull away if 
some of the other things that have been the happening. circumstances around happening. it, yeah. But but yeah, you don't know. I think, you know, it's a very like emotional, uh, <laughs> turbulent time right. in high school. A lot of, uh, and I mean, the two of them have like a very tight bond. They've known each other since they were little. So I mean, there's just like a lot there. Yeah, and I think you know that because of the hormones and whatnot, you, you know, the you don't always know how to express yourself especially at, at that age and and i think the making out part while it is titillating to you know especially guys watching the movie i, I don't know that that's really it's the purpose point. you yeah. have to remember a this is written by a woman b directed by a woman and stars two women there i mean i don't think that this is a bunch of creepy dudes yeah. getting together like let's have them make out like right. i don't really think that this will really get it going for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I just I don't know if like people can accept that. Uh, they they just assume this is like very exploitative and like, oh, well, what's this? This doesn't have anything to do with anything. But if you you know if you kind of that's only if you see this as this is supposed to be a horror movie. There's no reason for this to be happening, right? This is, but I think you're at that point. If you've reached that conclusion, then you're watching a completely different movie. And hold on, what horror movies haven't made way for like sexually exciting scenes anyway? I mean, that's like a staple of the horror industry. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, I don't understand what these people are even arguing. I don't know, but it, I mean, it's like these people. I've never heard, so like, I think a fair amount of people can agree that Megan Fox, pretty smoking hot chick. Now, I never heard this criticism until I met you that people are like, oh, yeah, dude, her thumbs are like fucked up. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what? And it's like, oh, dude, look at all these pictures on the Internet of her thumbs. And it's like, I can't believe there's this whole movement about this. It's like Megan Fox, it, they could amputate both her arms. She'd still be like the third or fourth hottest chick I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that goes back to what we were saying before. I, there's just like this eagerness to want to hate her for some reason i do think and look i will say that like as this movie was about to come out you know she in some interview uh calls michael bay or compares michael bay to hitler <laughs> and hyperbole it, it kind of caused quite a controversy now I, for all for all we know, Michael Bay could be a giant asshole who yeah, treated he could her have like killed shit. Jews on set of Transformers. He could be a terrible person, and if she didn't want to work for with him or for him anymore, then she could have done that privately. Although he is the producer of the Ninja Turtles movies, who obviously right. had a big part in her getting cast in it. So I don't <laughs> think that their relationship was really all that bad. I think it ended up just you know ticking off uh, Steven Spielberg, who was you know, kind of involved with the Transformers and got her kind of kicked out of that. But, you know, it did come off as kind of like, eh, you know, she's kind of biting the hand that feeds. Right. Uh, he cast her as kind of like an extra in Bad Boys 2. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's putting her in this huge movie franchise, Transformers. Yeah. Maybe she shouldn't be saying this publicly. And look, people make mistakes. I'm not going to say that that was... I'm not going to defend that because I don't really... You know, whatever. It clearly wasn't a big deal between the two of them because, you know, like I said, she ends up in the Ninja Turtle movies a few years later. But, you know, yeah. and that rubbed people the wrong way. I don't 
really know if people were thinking that when they were deciding whether or not to buy a ticket to this movie. <laughs> um, I doubt uh, it. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, it kind of all plays into this, you know, backlash that was going on. And, and obviously there was, I think, a little bit of a Diablo Cody backlash as well. You know, um, which happens when you skyrocket out of nowhere to win yeah. an Academy Award. Um, Maybe. I I don't know. This movie came out at such a weird time. It's just, I mean, I guess I'm basing it on the fact that I didn't know this was a movie uh, written by Diablo Cody, but it's just like, I don't remember just like having conversations with people and they're like, oh, the fucking writer of Juno? I'm not seeing that shit. <laughs> well, no, you yeah. never have actual conversations. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like, you know, let's analyze what could have went wrong here. Uh, especially when, you know, I look at the Rotten Tomatoes score and I look at the user score on IMDb and I, I mean, I'm just blown away by these things and I'm not yeah. the only one. I see lots of people posting about it in different places too, kind of supporting my point of view, but like, it's just shocking to me that people see this movie and they don't think it's good or funny. Um, right. Even if they don't love it, you would, I mean, it's pretty entertaining I don't know. It's people act like there's a lot of like kind of social commentary in there. That's like pretty smart and funny. Yeah. There's tons of great lines and one liners. Diablo Cody's script for this is almost as sharp as it is for Juno. Granted, it isn't as, you know, wholesome and a, you know, I can't think of the word I want to say. I can never think of words whenever I'm doing this uh, podcast. Whimsical. <laughs> sentimental it's ah, never as okay. sense it's not as sentimental and wholesome as as juno and you know it doesn't feel as good at the end of the movie necessarily so i mean you know i i don't i don't expect it to have the same kind of reaction as that i don't you know i don't think like this movie was going to make like 300 million dollars or something and be this massive hit no but I, I i don't i also wouldn't see this movie and then expect to read things you know comparable to what you might read reviewing you know blair witch book of shadows like <laughs> you read yeah. some of the things people say and it's like they're acting like this movie is a disaster just pure unadulterated garbage <laughs> um all right so that concludes our in defense of megan fox and <laughs> Jennifer's body segment. Let's okay, talk so a little that's bit two about parts of the, the movie. <laughs> so it starts off with uh... a... <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, you know, we get a little brief teaser at the beginning of, you know, what's to come, but, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, setting it up, of, and then, yeah. like, we go back to find out how we worked our way to uh, Amanda Seyfried's character right. being in, like, a mental yeah. institution or a prison or something. But yeah, I mean it it basically starts with uh th- three friends in high school. Uh you have Needy whose best friend is the popular beautiful cheerleader Jennifer and then Jennifer Check. Needy's uh boyfriend Chip played by Johnny Simmons who Yeah. Somehow worms his Young way Neil. into tons of movies that I like, I yeah. guess, as minor characters. Or not minor, but, you know. And right away, you can kind of... T- I, I feel like there's enough context clues that you can get a pretty good feel for what the friendship between Jennifer and Needy is like. Yeah. You know, Jennifer... What Jennifer says goes. You know, she's running this friendship, basically. Absolutely. Um, I think that she has that relationship with a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer is stunning. 
I mean, people who look like that, and this is you know why it makes sense to cast someone who looks like Megan Fox. It's just like, you know, men and women, adults stop and, and turn like their heads, full adults, yeah. and you know, kids in high school. They're all gonna like fall, fall in line. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you can't ignore like a beauty like that, which right. is just what are like, you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine going yeah. to high school with someone that looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't imagine a beauty like that working at a soap store. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so Jennifer uh, wants to go to a concert at Melody, Melody Lane. Lane, the local bar. There's a yeah. band. It's kind of like a local band. They don't ever really say what city, Must but I mean, I'm a... assuming it's a suburb of... It's a way out suburb of like Minneapolis, maybe, because I think they're supposed to be in Minnesota. How old are they supposed to be? Now, it, Who, the band? Or no, the, the girls. Co- obviously, they're in high school. I mean, I kind of thought they were like seniors. Okay, so because I, I don't know if it's an 18 and over situation. They make it seem like there's other kids from school there later. Yeah. So, I don't know. But they're at a bar, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah, at one point, uh, Needy kind of like acknowledges like that they won't be able to get alcohol because... Right. Jennifer wants to buy the band or the lead singer who's played by Adam Brody a drink and then Jennifer says she'll play Hello Titty with the bartender. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> When's that not gonna work? Yeah. For someone that looks like that. <laughs> and they get nine eleven tribute shooters. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the movies. Which just such a I don't know. <laughs> they couldn't name it like anything patriotic. Like they're just red, white, and blue. But it's nine eleven tribute shooters. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to me, this movie's like full of like little jokes like right, that that exactly. are great. I mean, and getting into this, Adam Brody, really unbelievable in this movie. Probably like my favorite <laughs> performance of his, like in anything. Yeah, even more so than the Seth OC, Cohen. which like doesn't hold up, and you just are like, oh, he's such a douche. Yeah, yeah, but this, in this, he's a douche, and you applaud him for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a mix-up. You know, the girl, or Needy hears, overhears them talking about whether or not Jennifer is a virgin. They, She thinks that they, you know, she either thinks, like, they don't want her to be a virgin because they want to fuck her, or right. that they want to, like, take her virginity, but that Needy sticks up for it and is like, you're right, she is a virgin, and she would never have sex with not creeps true. like you. Which, of course, isn't true, as we find out. She's not even a backdoor virgin. <laughs> She's a lady. <laughs> it kind of becomes clear to the viewer, at least, that their motivations are not really sexual. No. There's something else going on. We don't know what yet. Um, a fire breaks out during the band's performance. And let's just talk for a second. They, throughout the movie, and you know, this is the first time we'll hear it, basically, in its real version. Yeah. Uh, they play, uh, they have a song called Through the Trees. I mean, how great is that song? The song is unbelievable. The title sounds like it's like a Christian rock song, <laughs> but the song, the chorus is like so catchy. Yeah, I mean, just a great song. It's kind of like sad that the band that wrote that had to just like give this song away. Right. And like, I mean, you know, maybe they'd been trying for a long time and it wasn't happening and this was like their only way to do anything, but... There was yeah. a part of me that was like, man, if I had like a song that good, it's like, you know, it doesn't get associated with that band that wrote it. It gets associated with a fake band and it's, it's part not of even movie. singing it, too. It's not Adam Brody singing. 
No, but, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, confirmed. But <laughs> although I will say this about Adam Brody's character, uh, the crescent moon neck tattoo, pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? Like a, Do they call it a waxing moon? or a... I don't know. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's not really a crescent moon. <laughs> I used to think it was called like a wax wing moon, but that's not real. I think it's waxing. Yeah, I don't know. There's waxing and waning. And right. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, they all all the stupid idiots in the band have it. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the band pretty anonymous. Although right. the one guy kind of, I don't know his name, Dirk maybe or something. He <laughs> kind of has like funny facial expressions yeah. a couple times throughout it. Um, a fire breaks out during their performance, you Panic know, ensues. causing Melody Lane to burn to the ground and several Seems people die. Like, yeah, which is always weird it doesn't really feel like a tragic moment when it's happening in this movie um which they poke fun of it a lot later but it is weird it doesn't seem like that many people would die if this place lit on fire yeah i mean i don't know it kind of had like that pretty open (laughs) it feels like people could have got out of there yeah it was like uh it was like great white yeah that's yeah (laughs) i was trying to think of the band um kind of like trampling type situations yeah. people panic right um the girls escape by running through the bathroom and climbing on the toilet and climbing out a window yeah Very conveniently quick. the band is already outside and he's trying to lure them into his van it's like hey come <laughs> here you'll be safe <laughs> yeah it's like, um, well we're safe out here not in the fire so i don't really see how being in the van is gonna be better uh needy kind of you know recognizes the threat right away jennifer you know who has come to this concert to potentially sleep with this lead singer wants to go with them and there's kind of this odd moment where she gets into the van and they're sliding the door shut and she kind of looks back at needy and there's kind of like this look on her face like maybe she's regretting it already yeah kind of unclear what the message is there but uh kind of a poignant moment because not that the is the last time, of, you know, we'll see Jennifer in her as human herself. form. Yeah. <laughs> and then, they you know, have like a Laura Palmer Donna type relationship there <laughs> in the uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, you know, party sequence. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, you know, from that point on, Jennifer will need to um, kill and I guess kind of eat, drink the blood of. Human beings. Human beings. Uh, she, you know, targets boys from the school, you know, luring them in with sex. and Right. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a under-the-skin approach. Yeah, and I mean, she eventually kind of uh, reveals what really happened to Needy, you know, later in Needy's bedroom, you know, right before they make out. <laughs> right. Um, or no, was it before? Yeah, I guess after they yeah. make out. Uh, she doesn't quite tell her that she's not a human being anymore and then they make <laughs> yeah. out that would be weird right yeah one of my favorite parts is there's uh kyle gallner plays like this really over the top goth like the same character. character has been in like eight different things <laughs> and he for some reason thinks he can ask jennifer out on a date and at first she says no which seems particularly insane i it, in high school it's like the goth kid is going to ask out the hottest cheerleader. I just, well, it's during one of her empty periods where she's uh, like looking no, kind of, yeah. He's like, this is my moment. 
Yeah, like the whole thing is when she needs to feed, like when she get when she gets drained of her power or whatever, she looks her hair is like dull and lifeless and her skin breaks out and she you She's know got like split ends. She doesn't look as, you know, good as she right. possibly can. I yes. mean, she's still like Ten a 9 hotter than any girl. out of 10, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, for her. Like and they even make that joke. Right. Like yeah. when Needy's trying to explain it to Chip at some point. But uh yeah, she's just sort of like he kind of is coming up like dancing around it, nervous, not what to not knowing what to say. She she's fully ready for what's she's just like, "Uh, all right, let's hear the pitch." <laughs> like, what is it? What do you got? Yeah, and she shoots him down at first and then changes her mind Pulls once him back in. Needy <laughs> sticks up for him. His name's Colin. When she sticks up for Colin and says, you know, he's a nice guy and, you know, I think he's great or whatever. Yeah, he's into and then poetry. Jennifer suddenly changes her mind. And this kind of plays into what we were talking about before. I mean, there's a kind of this competitive nature between the two of them. Right. Um, that, you know, it's weird because and i think this is tr- you know true to life as to how some of these relationships sometimes work it's like in needy and pretty much anyone else's eyes at that school jennifer is way ahead right in everything that she wants to be but jennifer is so insecure and lacking self-confidence that she doesn't really feel that way and so She's always in some kind of a weird competition with Needy. And I think, like, you know, maybe they didn't really harp on it a lot, but I think she's clearly jealous of the relationship between Needy and Chip. Not that she necessarily wants Chip. No. It's more that she doesn't... That would be infuriating if that was the case. She doesn't... (laughs) Yeah, they're fighting over... Dumbass this, Johnny Simmons. Yeah, this dud. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox are fighting over this idiot. I would break the Blu-ray in half if that was the case. And then hang yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and it's again, it's not that she wants needy sexually either. It's just that she's more jealous of that needy has something that doesn't include her, that she has something that Jennifer doesn't have. I mean we Despite the fact that Jennifer's ultra popular and can seemingly be asked out by anyone in school at any time, she doesn't really have a boyfriend. I mean, no. there's a brief cameo by Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Who plays a cadet training to be a cop who has apparently had sex with her before, but that doesn't seem like a real No, thing. and at some point uh, when Needy's like threatening to call the cops... She's like, oh, I'm banging a cadet, so good luck. As if that would have any bearing on anything. Yeah, I mean, I think... And I think people that don't like this movie would immediately be like, call that out. Yeah, that makes But I think the absurdity of that is why that's funny. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's supposed to be funny. Like, what? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes... Although, on the other hand, it's like, if Needed called any cops and they showed up, they'd just be like, well, we believe her. (laughs) (laughs) We believe the hot one. Yeah. Which is funny because yeah. Amanda Amanda Seyfried <laughs> is a ten in anything, yeah. but they really try to make her. They dress her down a lot in this. Her right. hair is very plain. 
Uh, she doesn't wear a lot of makeup. Uh, she, they, you know, the old trope. They give her glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's hideous. We need to make her look very homely. What do we do? Here, try these on. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's supposed to be, like, the plain Jane. Meanwhile, like, you know. I'd cut my arm off to, you know, <laughs> hang out with her once. <laughs> yeah, so. We're, we're, we're even, <laughs> I've completely. I don't know. So. This competitive nature oh, the Kyle Gallner, leads her yeah. to accept this invitation. She Instead of going to see Rocky Horror Picture Show, she invites him over to watch a DVD. Good date move, by the way, from this goth idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. let's go see Rocky Horror Picture. Yeah, this cheerleader chick who is a 10 out of 10 on anyone's scale is just going to be like, yeah, let's go to this retarded movie, movie. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm saying that as someone who likes rocky horror but i mean right. let's I, in be her realistic mind though here. it's like yeah <laughs> come on dude yeah <laughs> and it's like and by the way i don't know what moves you're trying to pull you're taking this girl to a movie like wh- what do you think you're gonna get out of this a handy <laughs> keep dreaming <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he wants he, he's thinking like this is gonna be a relationship you gotta talk to, you gotta go somewhere you can talk not some movie especially a movie that should be like you like this shit i'm out of here well yeah because you have to imagine maybe that- if you were taking her to see top gun <laughs> <laughs> we have to imagine that this is like a situation too where like the people will be shouting out the lines and oh yeah acting out the characters and throwing stuff at the screen and she would probably be horrified did you watch that show uh love on netflix no so there's like a part where uh the dude takes the chick to like a a magic show Oof. and it's just like yeah i mean like it plays brutal <laughs> and it's like it reminds me of that it's like what are you doing dude <laughs> yeah that that's why my old standby is we're not doing anything <laughs> Yeah, if you want to if you want to watch the penguin game with me, that would be <laughs> great. Yeah, if you want to, it's like, look, it's over. You want to like do stuff. <laughs> so she, te- she, you know, apparently, I guess we're supposed to get the impression this is a small enough town and school that like everyone has each other's phone numbers because she's like, I'll text you my address. She gives him some address that is. Somehow, it doesn't even seem like it should be in existence, the address, really, because it's like... <laughs> it's like an, yeah, a I development think, that's being built, as you pointed out, because I wasn't really sure what was going on. I thought it was like abandoned, but what you said like makes a lot more sense, because they kind of look new. Unfinished right. like houses, like a, like a, like like a, a whole development, development yeah. plan, like a street somewhere. There's no one around. Right. It's dark. No lights are on anywhere. No street lights, yeah. You know, but he sees a light upstairs. He's like, all right, this must, and, this must be the spot. At this point, you know, obviously he's thinking like, well, we're not going to be watching Aquamarine no. on DVD. So what is she thinking? Like, where is this going? <laughs> and I mean, I guess and we'll I, play Ouija. We've talked about it a million times. It's like, you know, he tries the front door and he can't get in. He has to like climb into this window and then there's a giant crow at one point. Right. It's just like, <laughs> at what point do you think to yourself, sense this, set isn't, in. This, yeah. this isn't a good idea something I don't, is off here i shouldn't be doing this no. i don't know what's going on uh at this point you know she's already murdered another person from their school by I the mean, way does that crosses mind you know when i'd realize something was off when that chick agreed to hang out with me as soon <laughs> as that happened thing. i'd be like so this is i'm out this but is i think thing. the thing is the power of denial it's like he wants to believe that this is gonna happen you can't do it you gotta know the truth bro <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, he goes up there and... And stupidity gets him killed. You know, she's saying, like, all kinds of insanely seductive things that also should be, like, a big giveaway. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? (laughs) She's like, we can play mommy and daddy. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) She's like, I've been sending you signals all year. You give me such a wetty. This movie is rated R for language, right? Yeah, and I mean, there is some violence. Yeah, that's true. But it's weird. It doesn't feel like a rated R movie other than the language, really. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, disappointingly, there's no nudity. Yeah. (laughs) The one... It seemed like they had a good setup for it at the one spot, but... Yeah, and so at this point, you know, eventually, I think it's after this, is when she ends up, you know, being in the middle of the road when Needy's driving, and then she jumps on top of her car, and then... Needy rushes home and she finds, uh, you know, Jennifer already in her bed and Jennifer eventually like tells her all about this. And right at that point, it's like Jennifer feels compelled to have to stop her because uh, Colin was her friend and she's already Needy killed other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And um, there's kind of this tragic sadness to it, obviously, because. It, it, Jennifer is the first victim. I mean, she's right. taken out into the woods and by this band, and they I, try to sacrifice her to Satan to get success. I will say, like, as a band, uh, as the scene goes on, it feels more like the rest of the movie. But the way it starts off, it's the one part that feels like different to me than the rest of the movie. It's actually like truly disturbing, like because she's kind of <laughs> realizing that something really bad is going to happen to her. You see like the single tear stream down her face. It just has like a different feel to it than the rest of the movie does. Yeah. I mean, at this point she's kind of, she's still like is as weird as the sounds. She's probably hoping that it's just, they're going to rape her at this point. Yeah. But she has no idea how terrible this is and gonna, it's about like, to be. It is weird how quick it spins from just like, hey, I'm getting in this van with these dudes. Like, see you later, needy, peace out. And it's like, what do they drive down the road 10 minutes and they're like in the woods? And it's like, oh, shit, this well, was a mistake. And they start openly talking about her oh, as if she's not there. Right. Which is kind of a scary yes. thing, I think. Right. They just are like... Basically, like she doesn't exist. They're just talking and ignoring anything she's saying and oh, talking yeah. about her. And, you know, and then it's kind of played for laughs, too, um, which I think some people might have a hard time with. You know, they take her out into this area where there's this waterfall that go that spirals into this thing. It's kind of a weird yeah, thing. I guess there is actually something like that that oh, okay. exists somewhere. They introduce it in the beginning of the movie, so it's like we've seen it before. Yeah, I mean... Um, that's where Devil's Kettle, I guess, gets its name or whatever, because yeah. it's like a swirling right thing or whatever. But anyway, they tie her up uh, and put a gag in her mouth, and they are gonna like sacrifice her. And apparently, they, they, they need her number. to <laughs> they need her to be a virgin for the sacrifice to work, but she's not. And that, as needy, like researches in a kind of a funny part. When she's telling Chip about it, she's like, I went through the occult section in our library <laughs> 10 times or whatever. And right. he's like, our library has an occult section. <laughs> and, you know, when you try to sacrifice someone that's not a virgin, they can turn into like a demon. And it's like a whole thing. And that's basically what happens right. to her. A succubus. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've I've known 
quite a few succubi, succubi Absolutely. <laughs> in my life. <laughs> They're horrid. <laughs> yeah, and right before they plunge the knife into her, they realize that her name is Jennifer, and it causes... Uh, Them to break out into... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam Brody starts singing uh, 8675309, uh, as you probably heard in the clip. Oh, yeah. Preceding this. Right. But, um, yeah, and I think when I used to tell people about this movie, that was kind of like the barometer that I would use. I was like, if you think that right before they ritually sacrifice a girl, they start singing 8675309 right before they stab her the first yeah. time. If you think that that's funny, you might like this movie. If that's something that doesn't seem appealing to you, I think you were going to have a hard time with it. And I don't know that people necessarily understood what I was saying because, again, I think the perception <laughs> like, of this movie is something so different. Because I was approaching it like, yeah, this is like a kind of a dark comedy. Like right, it's supposed right. to be funny. Yeah. I don't know that everyone quite got that. Yeah. If, I don't especially know. if they hadn't seen it, I think they were like, "What? Funny?" Like. Um, so the other element of this movie that's like happening simultaneously with this stuff is just the idea of this town and how everyone is reacting to these like deaths starting at uh, melody lane. And then like the people that uh, Jennifer murders and like, so this is where it kind of works out for the band because their song now becomes uh, the anthem anthem of healing and unity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a commentary on public, uh grief and it's not all like making fun of it necessarily because i mean you know um sometimes when you're in high school or something like that or in a small town i mean something horrible will happen but i think it's you know kind of talking about like taking advantage of that right and, and kind of pointing to the absurdities of it a little bit yeah yeah um because to some of the people uh low shoulder the band, I don't know if we've mentioned their name, oh, yeah. Low Shoulder, uh, they kind of become like heroes uh, somehow because they were there when this tragedy happened and then stories come out that they like helped people The irony escape. being that they started the fire. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of, you don't see it directly, they never reference it or show it or anything, but you know, you can pretty much surmise that they started the fire to create a situation to get Jennifer vulnerable and alone because they decide that she's, she's the, the one. one. Um, especially after Needy... I've decided that too, by the way. <laughs> needy inadvertently confirms that she's a virgin even though she isn't, right. um, which you know leads to all this. So everything kind of builds towards like a big spring fling formal dance. Yeah. Um, Kind of this is yeah. Where it comes so maybe to they're high not school seniors movie. because it seems like maybe they would have a prom, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. know who they clearly are all in their twenties. So it's kind of hard to believe that they're anything <laughs> but. The point 18. is, it doesn't matter. Like needy understanding that Jennifer has now turned into this evil demon kind of puts a strain on her relationship with Chip. Mm-hmm. Needy kind of inherently understands that. By being with Chip, she's putting him at even greater risk. Right. It's kind of like without saying it, she knows what kind of friend and what kind of person Jennifer is. Even though, like, for such a long time, she's been her, you know, her close friend. And like we talked about, uh, 
probably somewhat in love with her and idolizes her, she knows that having Chip by her side makes Chip a target because of how Jennifer is. Yes, and she's made some kind of offhand comments a couple times throughout the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I'll, I'll take this opportunity to kind of bring back what we were saying at the beginning, you know, just talking about the movie in general and Megan Fox. I think Megan Fox is great in this movie. Oh, absolutely. And I, it, it kind of hurts me a little bit that people were so negative about the movie and about her because I think this is her wheelhouse. It's like, yeah, she's not fucking Meryl Streep or goddamn Julianne Moore right. or some serious actress, but she's... Helen Mirren. She has pretty good comedic timing in this yes. i think she's sharp oh. and funny she is like on point of just being like obnoxious i mean the part in class where she's just like boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this is like the role that she was born to play yeah i mean this is like perfect and she probably could have got some work similar to this i think but people you know shit all over this movie and you know she never really has you know, headlined a movie. She's never after this. She I mean she was like top billing on this movie right, yeah. and then never again. Yeah, it is weird. It's I And mean, I think, you know It seems like Needy is the main character, but She is, but yeah. if you pay attention to the credits, which right. you know I have memorized Absolutely. at this point. Totally. Megan Fox comes first. Yeah. She's on the cover. She's on the poster. She's, you know, who they're marketing the whole deal around. Right. And Technically, she's. I don't. I've never seen the Ninja Turtles movies. Oh, that's uh, true. On IMDb, she's the first picture. But I mean, let's be honest. April O'Neil, not the main character in a Ninja Turtles story. The draw of a Ninja Turtles movie, not yes. that there necessarily is one. I guess, but I guess for kids, it would be the turtles. And I think you know, obviously, I think the way that people and critics reacted to this probably a caused her to, you know retreat a little bit and also and b probably you know limit her opportunities uh you know because this movie didn't probably open to expectations and it's true it could have been a totally different world i mean she would go on to be like the uh third build person in like jonah hex right yeah i mean i think that was probably already filmed was it by the time this was probably had come out um yeah, I never saw that, but I, th- I, I think I remember well, reading like that she had did. a pretty small part. Yeah, probably. Um, although they did put her on the cover of like the DVD release. And the cardboard stand-up cutout. Oof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jonah Hex. Featured prominently in our living room. <laughs> Talk about a movie that no one remembers. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think, you know, in different interviews that I've read, I think she's not too infatuated with acting all the time. I don't really think she wants to do more than what she's doing, which is, yeah, she know, barely seems active now. Yeah. I mean, she's done like the Ninja Turtles and this is 40 and you know, those episodes of new girl, but she doesn't really do a right. whole lot. Right. Definitely. She had, she's had two kids. Yeah, that seems insane. At least. Yeah. Maybe, I think, and isn't she pregnant again? I don't know. Did, and her and Bag broke it off, but then they got back together? Is, I don't know. I don't know. But she was pregnant, and then they were still going to get a divorce, but they were like, 
know. Legendary. Maybe if she didn't have fucked up thumbs, she could have landed like a Luke Perry or a Jason Priestley. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. She's yeah, an angel. Absolutely. Um, so it all leads to this dance. Uh, Needy tells Chip she can't go with him, which Chip, you know, rightfully so, doesn't understand. He's because like, what the he's fuck? like, my girlfriend is losing her mind. Yeah. She's talking about her friend. Being a demon? Yeah. And I, let's talk for a minute about the constant hell that chip is living in <laughs> with his no kidding girlfriends well let's be i mean i guess he should just be happy with amanda suffering who's yeah, you know true. a 10 yeah and he's like an idiot but i mean <laughs> i get the feeling that jennifer because of her competitiveness and the way she is you know she's probably flirts with chip and you know oh, lays yeah. it on and at one point, she just, you know, when they're having a little exchange before they go to Melody Lane on that fateful night, Jennifer says to Chip, eat my ass, Chip. Yeah, it's just like it's saying like, things imagine? like that. It's yeah. like, whew. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Needy looks over and Chip is like passed out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... He doesn't understand, but Needy's like, I don't want you to go to the dance at all. It's not that I don't want to go with you. I, you, I, I don't want you to go. You're in danger. Chip doesn't understand this. He's like, what are you talking about, you moron? I'm going. And then, <laughs> Which is weird. You I know, think ends up like, dead. <laughs> I think if like my girlfriend like broke up with me right before the big dance, I don't think I'd be going. No. A, for the humiliation. B, it's like, did you really want to go anyway? No. <laughs> <laughs> he has a great line too when he's like i already bought your corsage it was like 12 dollars <laughs> which you know as yeah. a high schooler i can remember thinking like that it's like this was 12 dollars <laughs> so that's like you know every bankruptcy <laughs> chip is still gonna go to the dance needy's yeah. gonna go to the dance and jennifer's gonna go to the dance so Needy's nothing changed plan is to try to prevent um jennifer and this is if you know if i if i do have like i do have it's not like that i think this is like a flawless movie if i do have like some complaints this is where it starts to feel very like set up like a movie because oh yeah needy is like now convinced that the dance can be like an all you can eat buffet as she describes it and uh it doesn't really make sense because no Jennifer she can't so kill all far the kids in has school. like lured one person away at a time and done her deed, you know, that way. Right. And it doesn't really How big is this town? This I mean, Spree can't go on for that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, like uh it doesn't seem to matter like what the dude that she's going to eat looks like or who he is. So it's like, why wouldn't she? Wouldn't the smarter move be to not go to the dance and find someone who was sitting at home not doing anything? They'd be easy to lure away, thinking like, "Wow, you know, Jennifer could come up with this whole thing." Like, "Oh, I don't, oh, I, you know, I'm sick of those kind of dances. I, I, I'm sick of that crowd. I want to hang out with." you or something i feel like yeah. there's some loser nerd sitting at home that she could ah, lure away yeah she could eat them the same way that she could eat anyone else right like sure their organs taste just as good she never has directly threatened chip 
and said, no, like, I'm going but, to eat Chip. So, like, wouldn't Needy's best defense to stay by Chip's side at all times? Yes. This but, whole plan that Needy has is terrible. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Got it right in theory of the, like, Chip, she might go after Chip because of the competitive thing that she has with Needy. But her execution of well, defense. Well, that's assuming that she thinks Jennifer's going to buy that they broke up or something. And that means that chip is less valuable to her or something it's like come yeah, on exactly I mean, <laughs> no one's buying that. yes and she used and jennifer you know ends up using that to her advantage when she tries to seduce chip on his way to the dance yeah and, he's just walking through an empty park and, and she's like hey chips up he's like oh my god <laughs> smoking hot jennifer what are you doing Oh, you know how your girlfriend just broke up with you? Well, she was cheating on you with Colin, that guy that just got murdered, and they were trying some crazy sexual things that you haven't even heard of, like real varsity moves and, you know, filling his head with, like, all that kind of stuff and coming on to him, like, super strong. Yeah. And, I mean, Chip is powerless to resist. But he does feel weird. Well, he's got to get revenge now. He does feel weird when Jennifer's like, say that I'm better than needy or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, for people who weren't sure, you know, what the point of this movie is and what's what it's really about. I mean, I, I don't feel like it's that hidden. You know, they're trying pretty hard to lay it out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess there's like two things going on here, too. It's like there's uh, the messages that the movie's trying to get across, but it's also like conflicting though with just the basic plot which is like i can't really figure out what the state of jennifer is at this point we talked about it a little bit when we were watching this is like is there a human element of her left like why is she still compelled to have this competing thing with needy but then she also kind of there's like a part that seems like she's conflicted by it I, yeah um before the dance when she's putting on makeup she's got like tears in her eyes and she's like kind of rubbing the makeup all over her face like in kind of a weird way kind of signaling like this unhappiness or something and you know it does make you wonder you know if there's still like a part of her in there well yeah because if she really is just this uh animalistic demon that just needs to to eat i, I mean she like you said she would just go after any dude she wouldn't be going like wasting this time going for chip like setting up this elaborate scheme yeah and i mean you know, then it kind of is less of a movie. That's it's true. like they got to make this like the climactic thing. And, you know, I don't want to like drag this episode out to the lengths of some of our previous ones. So, I mean, we can kind of. No, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so she takes Chip to like this abandoned pool for some reason. For which, full of water still. Yeah. Well, gross water and like plants and all kinds of shit. Right. Yeah, it, it would be a huge health hazard. There's no way this would ever exist. <laughs> yes. Needy, meanwhile, is at the dance. She realizes something. She can. She kind of has like this Vision. weird uh, intuition with Jennifer sometimes, where she kind of knows what Jennifer's doing, which is interesting because she kind of when she kisses when she's kissing Chip, she kind of like has this thing where she like touches where Needy touches her lips. As if she knows that what's happening. And I think to most people, she's probably thinking, you know, they're probably thinking the intuition is with Chip or something. 
But it, if you've kind of paid attention throughout the movie, the intuition's with Jennifer. Right, yeah. Which kind of all ties back into, you know... Absolutely. Who is she more jealous of yes. in this instance? Right. Um, well, not to mention, I mean, the part when she, do, they, she does have... There is, like, a sex scene between Needy and Chip. She's thinking about Jennifer during it. Not sexually. No. But she is thinking about her. And, by the way, seemingly very disinterested in the stallion Chip. <laughs> Well, that's like her kind of like visions during that is kind of the first time during that sex scene, which is earlier in the movie. It, that's like the first time she kind right. of has any connection. That's where it's almost like she kind of knows already that there's something weird going on with right. Jennifer, but yeah. she hasn't put it together that it's connected to um, the jock. I, I don't know his name, mm. whatever it was. He gets killed first after the like after the melody lane incident and you know because that night of the melody lane thing jennifer does show up to needy's house and she's covered in blood and she looks like she's been killed but she's still walking around she's not really saying anything i don't think she says anything at all Or, or no she does eventually like whisper in her ear are you scared or something like that but she throws up all over the place and it's like this black vile moving it's like kind of alive almost her the vomit like it's 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 gross but so i mean she knows that something's wrong but like she can't really put it together and then she kind of has this vision of i think his name was jonas the jock and jennifer and then like starts putting it together and then it's on her way home that night that the whole thing happens with jennifer in the car and then she ends up in her bedroom with her and everything. Meanwhile, um, back at the pool. <laughs> so Needy, you know, finds them. You know, there's the big... She At this point, by the time she gets there, Jennifer's already gone into her demon yeah, mode and uh, is ripping out Chip's throat. Yeah. Um, she stops midway through. Chip's not 100% dead. And this is kind of like the final confrontation. Yeah, the and, and in a lot of ways, yes, this is now between a demon... And a demon who's trying to eat her boyfriend and our main character, Needy, but like... Right, so you can see why we speak so highly of this movie. (laughs) But it's really a confrontation between two friends that's been a long time coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can strip away the supernatural elements and the fact that Chip is about to die and that, you know, eventually Needy's going to have to go kill Jennifer, but like... And just look at it at what they're saying, and, and these are the things that they've wanted to say to each other, Absolutely. or more importantly, what Needy's needed to say to Jennifer, because right. it's not really like Jennifer says anything. No, Needy's never really had the backbone to tell Jennifer to shut up, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you fucking bitch, <laughs> this is my boyfriend. Right get away from yeah. him like that kind of thing just like, like you know very powerful dialogue step off yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it it kind of ends with jennifer being impaled with like a broken off pool skimmer that's like a metal thing that's yeah, kind of been broken off into a point <laughs> um she did, she's not dead from this uh she pulls it out of herself and ends up flying away or whatever Um, Chip dies and then now it's just like Needy's got to get her revenge. Right. So she shows up at Jennifer's house and. Which I guess like 
is the implication at this point that Jennifer is supposed to be like kind of in closer to her weaker state? Like she didn't really yeah finish eating chips. Yeah, so. because in the opening scene of the movie, um, which is you know the part where she's in her bedroom and then Needy ends up showing up right to kill her. Uh, you kind of get a good look at her and she's kind of like the more yeah dreary the nine point nine, not the ten. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Needy just shows up for uh, the rematch fight. Yeah, and it's kind of a it's weird quick work of her. fight. Jennifer at one there, she's on top of Jennifer on the bed, and then Jennifer like can hover, so she goes up into the air. Yeah, and they're kind of spiraling around. She's trying to stab her through the heart because it's the only way to to kill this demon. Um, <laughs> Did she read that in the book from the yeah occult section of the library? Yes, and. It kind of like changes. It kind of changes all around whenever uh, Needy pulls the BFF necklace off of oh. uh, Jennifer in a weird way. Right. Je- that's when Jennifer like gives up. She just stops fighting and fl- you know flops back down to the bed, and you know Needy then falls after her and then takes the knife and stabs her through the heart. Yeah, pretty upsetting. And it kind of always had that feeling of like maybe Jennifer was like was letting her do that at that point. Yeah, she can't carry on like this. And then of course you know Jennifer's mom shows up at the door and is like, "Oh, needy, what are you doing? Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it's super awkward. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I like the ending of the movie in that needy now because she was bitten in that final scene on the neck a little bit. She kind of has some of the demon's powers. Yeah, it's and weird. Uh, they show her at one point doing the uh, levitation move from uh, Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she is able to break out of the asylum that she's been put in. And she goes on a roaring rampage of revenge for Jennifer. And she kills all of the members of Low Shoulder. Right. Which is a great way to have the end credits, you know. Uh, over the murder scenes Absolutely. of the band members, so, it's it 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 makes you it kind of makes you feel good. Like yeah. she's at least getting a little bit of revenge for Jennifer, and you know for the people that Jennifer had to kill, right? Um, and for the people that so, were killed in know. the fire, that was basically Low Shoulders' yeah. fault too. Um, plus she really hated that song. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, by that point. <laughs> so that'll about wrap it up for Jennifer's body. <laughs> I feel uh, like emotionally drained at yeah, this point. I mean, um, we got through it. Uh, some pretty exciting episodes coming up for the rest of the month. We won't give away what they are, but stay tuned. Yeah, at least one of them will probably be tying into Jennifer's body a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit of the inspiration for Diablo Cody. Um, I'm just going to say, you know, it's a. I, I mean. Any movie that we've done on here, with the possible exception of Book of Shadows, and I think we even recommended that in the end. <laughs> any yeah. movie that we do, or any TV show, or anything, you know, obviously we recommend it on some level. I'm going to recommend this movie because I, I have a feeling a lot of people may not have seen it, or if they have, they maybe weren't watching it through this perspective. This perspective, um, I think it's like a great uh, take on. Uh, high school girls friendships and relationships and you know how a lot of them you know can kind of be toxic in this way it's it's super common i mean 
I knew tons of girls that kind of had a version of this kind of friendship. I mean, it just, it kind of is a natural way sometimes. And and I don't want to limit it to girls. I think guys can have it too. I think it's a little different. Yeah, I knew tons of dudes like Chip who had sex with their disinterested girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) I knew like uh, tons of dudes on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's a, a fun movie. It's not scary. I don't think it was ever really meant to be scary. I don't, I, I can't. I think, you know, if you see a bad horror movie that's trying to be scary, I think you can pick out scenes something, where it's like, well, they were at least trying it to be scary and they're failing. I don't even yeah, think there's no, any scenes where they're trying to be uh, scary. We didn't even mention J.K. Simmons in this playing a dude with a ridiculous uh, curly wig and a hook for a hand. <laughs> it's so obviously played for laughs. Yeah, because there's really no reason for him to have a hook for a hand. No, and it almost seems like a little bit of parody of like Twilight. <laughs> it's like kind of like over. It has that kind of overcasty feel, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, when did the first Twilight movie come out? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it would have been probably like oh eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of, I was so like high on this movie i kind of was like expecting it to gain like a cult-like status eventually and it still hasn't got there yet <laughs> no, one of these years. I, I see other people posting those kind of things too like on imdb and stuff like this movie should have a cult-like following and i'm like well i guess it does but it's just too small at this <laughs> yeah point. uh two dudes sitting in a room doing a podcast <laughs> but we'll keep carrying the torch for it yeah so i recommend highly checking it out i think it's funny i think it's entertaining and you know i'll probably be watching it again next fall definitely to mark the uh eight year anniversary of it (laughs) good lord (laughs) okay um so check out the rest of our greatest october in the history of forever we got some big things planned hopefully you like it um after that you know back to business as usual um you know where to find us on Twitter. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. We really get a kick out of people listening. <laughs> yeah, when we get like one story reported back to us, it's like a, a euphoric high that can carry us for like another week. <laughs> but we're on like a week-to-week thing right at this point, so it's like we need more of those one-off interactions. Yeah, I mean, sometimes one of us has to step up and say how great it is yeah. to the other <laughs> to make sure we can get through another episode. Right. We like to try out, you know, different things. If you're not like a huge horror fan or you haven't seen any of these particular horror movies cuz we kind of went a little obscure, I think with you'll continue to see that throughout this month. Well, that's going to be a recurring thing on this podcast in general. We like a good mix. Yeah. Um we do we do the shows we want to do. Right. <laughs> you know. So if you're not really a fan of uh, bad jokes and tasteless discussion of hot chicks. This might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> well, I would hope after 38 episodes of material out there that people might be able to reach that conclusion. Alright. Alright, so uh, that'll do it for Jennifer's Body, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Playing you out is low shoulder to the tree.
Still here breathing now, and I'm still. 